I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to, to Burf Barf. Barf. Uh, yeah, this episode primarily sponsored by Denise Jager's bottle of sangria. <laughs> <laughs> Which I really, really tried to drink and it just made me make a terrible face. It doesn't matter. More for me. It's really foul. <laughs> I'm literally. It's not foul. It tastes like honey and you don't like it. Yeah, you should be true. clear. It's, I don't like the taste of honey. It's so sweet. I don't like the taste of honey in my beverages. I want to roll it into my food. You're a bitch. I am a bitch. <laughs> I'm such a judgmental bitch. Literally, if that was going to taste like juice and wine, mm. I would have drank it. But it tastes like mead, which tastes like butt shit to me. I love mead. Do you really? I do. Of course you do. I love honey. Ew. I'll put it in my bottle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a great segue into Bella's beans. <laughs> Bella's beans. Put them in your butthole. Oh, no. <laughs> we should probably delete all of this. I'm, I'm sorry, Ryan. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. No, no. They knew what they... they knew, I mean, they knew they who, knew who, who we, we were. They knew who we were when they married us. They knew who we were when they married us. <laughs> no, but for real, uh, Bella's beans. Local coffee, subscription coffee service based out of Granville, Ohio, started by our dear friends doing good work uh if you use the promo code burf barf b-r-f-b-a-r-f you'll get your first batch of coffee free you can sign up to have coffee delivered to you once a week once a month once every two weeks whatever and they deliver all over ohio and i think in the not too distant future going national so it's so good and it comes in the most satisfying container ever and just the sound of the beans coming out of like soft cardboard for some reason like gives me this lovely mm. tactile sensation and like they have this i don't know i think their beans are different frequently but right now it has this nice bright citrusy note when you blend it in the morning and it is just giving me life so yeah uh get some good coffee and support birth bar for along the way uh also new patreons no, no. also i mean <laughs> no. yes we have new patreons but hold okay. your horses no. you would have got that right if you're drinking a honey beverage oh you're probably right <laughs> you're probably right but uh we are also supported by and have on many occasion and uh-huh. uh this is no different our our dear friend rising to the occasion of helping us get to expedition ozarks samuel hartman of tenar race series uh, powered by virus <laughs> <laughs> just a great champion of uh beginners in sport women in the outdoors women in the outdoors doing hard things just finished a really seriously long hard 100k and won it last weekend yeah he's a baller and just the coolest person ever and i just adore him so much and we want to say thank you uh, and make sure to follow Tinar's uh, socials, both Facebook and Instagram, so you can be prepared to get news about upcoming races for this year. Sam puts on, I feel like, the best-reviewed races Oh, hands Ohio. down. So, hands like, down. Um, highly encourage you to do one of the Tinar races. Uh, yeah. Famously, he is good at punishing you severely and then providing you a luxury experience. So, if you love pain and great swag... You're really going to freaking love Tenar Race Series. <laughs> if gifts are your love language and you have a praise kink, <laughs> follow Tenar Racing. <laughs> right on the money. Okay, I can't believe I almost skipped over that. Okay. Pol- apologies. Patreons. New Patreons. New Patreons. Kimmy Blanchard. Holy cow. Kimmy Blanchard getting us one huge step closer to being able to uh, race this April at Expedition Ozarks. Still looking for uh, support where possible. If that is in your wheelhouse or desire to support us, Kimmy Blanchard really gave us a big leg up. And we are very grateful that there are people as far away as Las Vegas who want to support us and our uh, endeavors. And also uh, Sarah Blakely. So thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much. You guys, I'm seriously, and I'll continue to say this, I'm mystified that anybody beyond, like, my parents. Yeah, (laughs) my parents do not subscribe. I think they gave us, like, a dollar once. Your parents doing a much better job than mine. I don't think any, no, none of my relatives listen to my podcast or send money to this podcast. Oh. That's okay. When I feel sad. You think of Kimmy Blanchard? I do. I do, actually. I just use your family or other people's family or I go to Granville and it wraps me in its warm embrace and then Mm -hmm. I realize I don't need anyone's help. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, 
Thanks, Bella Beans. Tinar, Kimmy Blanchard, Sarah Blakely, and our our horde of sincere and enthusiastic uh, Burf Barf Patreons that That's have right. come before. That's right. So... Today's topic is Oh, that's exactly what I had written down. That's so weird. That's like my first bullet point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I really wanted to talk about that too. And really like get to the heart of the matter and why we do the things we do, how we do them. And really taking a new look at innovation is a means for exploration you're really going in a f- f- infantabular yeah, retro vocabulator like, yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i want to just effectively prevent side fumbling and <laughs> ensure connection with the lunar wane shaft if you feel like you're not getting the joke that's because there's no joke to get we're just talking gobbledygook right now <laughs> i just want to keep talking about fire in my belly just because i feel like we're all like oh we're all we're all just like we're all out full all four of us are full-blown training our titties oh, off already we're about three weeks in yeah. to full grind grind the titties off mode yeah it's probably worth a level set just because I always, I'm always considering, even though this is probably just a handful of people each time, but I'm always considering the person that this is their first episode that mm, they're listening mm, to us mm. first. So we are, Burf Barf Racing has an all-female team doing Expedition Bentonville. Oh, I'm sorry. Expedition Ozarks. Yeah. It's actually Expedition yeah. Bentonville. <laughs> it's April 3rd through April 8th. It's a five-day expedition race. It's our longest race ever. It'll be me, Annie Hartley. Me, Lauren Craft. Amanda Bullseye Bullseye. And, and Laura Comtois. Comtois. <laughs> so a team of all four women doing this event. And we're just we're just all ripping our tits off training. Yeah. Like Am- Amanda jumped through the ice in her pond today and <laughs> scraped her flesh off just so she could have a nice little Wim Hof ice bath. And just so she could feel. <laughs> just so she could feel something. I hurt myself today <laughs> to train for Ozarks. <laughs> Focus on the pain. Um, yeah, that's where we're at. Uh, yeah, I'm in it. I, I'm I'm realizing now that the prehab situation is going to have to get turned up much higher. Yep. Because I did a, a, a sustained effort on Saturday that was about six hours long that left my kneecaps bleeding and screaming like I figuratively really... or literally figuratively all right you should clarify yeah no they were not on fire or bleeding because those are reasonable expectations it's uh, my desire it's my desire <laughs> god damn it <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i i really need to be more careful and more mindful now that i don't have a coach amanda has a coach for the first time annie and i have had coaches in the past and laura needs no coach because laura Comtois is essentially a phd in everything related to sports so not 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 metaphorically like literally (laughs) yeah so she doesn't need one uh but it's hard because i listening to amanda talk about like her rest days being built in I have not been doing that and I realize now that I'm going to have to be way more mindful because like now that the feeling is back for both of us, like we have a bad habit of just maybe getting in a little too deep, ahem, three hours on your bicycle yesterday. I know, but it's always the slowest, the illest, chillest bone. So I have no bad feelings about that. (laughs) The thuggish, shruggish bone? Yeah, the illest, chillest. (laughs) I can't even help you with that because I don't even know what song that is. Yeah. The... Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's one of my dad's favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, oh, I would like to also give a big shout out to Anna S. Um, who led me in and a bunch of other people this past Saturday at a secret location doing a secret endeavor that was very much off trail and just a treasure trove of outdoor fun and delight. I like that you got to flex your big hard cock. Oh, yeah. We did so much like <laughs> off trail, straight up Barkley climbs. Where Excuse I w- me, I shouldn't have said that. You're rock hard pussy. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes, thank you. But uh, I got to run with Shane Cox, which is rad. I mean, he's kind of like a Ohio, he's in the pile of Ohio ultra running legends. Um, and 
uh, just had a nice time climbing ridiculous off-trail off climbs and just realizing, oh, this is what I do well. Yeah. This is what I also enjoy. It's just, I was telling Annie earlier this week, like, I feel like there was so many, there were so many years of my training where I watched you or other people like mm-hmm. do off trail climbs or do hard things or like walk on a log across the river, which everyone knows is my greatest fear in life. <laughs> and me being like pouty, like I don't like it and I'm bad at it and I'm scared. Yeah. And then we did a ton of that this weekend. And I was like, this, I'm good at this and I like to be here and I'm surrounded by friends. I also just haven't been on a fucking group run. I mean, GRC is not the same thing. Yeah. But I have not been on a trail group run in probably three or four years. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was just like, oh, there's still a community out here. This is so exciting. Yeah. And it being led by a woman was really awesome. A woman who was just reading topo maps that she found on the internet. Like, there was something about that that made me feel like, oh, there's a community growing around us of female badass navigators and just like true adventure people. And it's not like they didn't exist before. I'm just so glad to be plugging back into them. Yeah. And it's given me a passion for training again. Like, I knew that I was going to have to get off the run and then get onto a bike. And I didn't feel boo-hoo-y. I felt like, that was rad. I'm rad. I'm still not done working today. And this is going to be awesome. And then I couldn't feel my fingers, but that's fine. Don't need them. Don't need them. You're not the navigator. You don't no. need your fingers. No, I don't. I don't need to unfold a map. I can just mitten hands my mm-hmm. my sweat off my brow. <laughs> Wish y'all could see the gesture she was making. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> Apparently only her right eye and her left breast sweat. <laughs> I, I was so cold on the bike that I put a hot hands in my sports bra. And then I zipped up like three jackets, put gloves on and started riding. And I was on a climb and it was burning my tit off. Yeah. Whoops. And I freaked out, threw my bike into a ditch, ripped my gloves off, accidentally turned them inside out. God damn it. And then like had to dig through my own titties to find this thing that was scalding my chest. I don't even know if I... But... I like the... Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think you have a burn. I yeah. know. I'm pretty sure this is like eight times in the packaging not to put against your bare skin, let alone your tatay. Yeah, that was probably not the move. Yeah, whatever. It's you weren't fine. cold. I wasn't cold. Mm-hmm. Got to the tips of my fingers. Yeah. So I continue to just be motivated like a lunatic, and I'm doing like two to three hours of cardio on most days and running a couple times a week. Most days? Yeah. Oh, no. Because it just, it feels good and it's not taking from me. Like, I'm just, wow. like, hanging out. So, yeah. Shit. Like, an hour to two hours on the stairwell when I do it. I'm doing two to three hours on the indoor bike when I do it. Like... Uh, I'm not doing as much as you. No. That is false. It is? It, I believe that to be false. I feel like our efforts match. Huh. I think all four of us, me, you, Amanda, and Laura, are mm-hmm. calibrating our training effort well. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. That makes me feel better. Also, you're doing like we each have our thing. Like, and also, mm-hmm. I'm. I know that I'm doing stuff that will raise my weakest link. Essentially, like I need more time in the bike because that is my oh. my weakest. That uh-huh. is my hardest area. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, stair mill and like climbing up hills is like my hardest area. So these are the things that I am like raising my game on. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need more time walking in on my feet. I feel like I need more yeah. elevation going up and bike bike time i'm realizing i'm a bad walker because i have not built any of the muscles to walk because just after walking a couple times in the last week i think i did three walk trot sessions Mm -hmm. like my i'm more sore from a walk than a run because i don't Mm -hmm. have those flexor muscles i'm not using them yeah i'm just like a piston when i'm running i'm not like flexing my foot i'm not using my Mm -hmm. my shins or my achilles like i'm just going boing 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 so uh, I need to practice. I'm practicing a lot more walking, which is, it's kind of novel and delicious to have my season be heavily focused on walking. Uh, you're like, telling me this has been my thing for years. It's so juicy. I just have never like settled into, like I can look around at things and I'm like listening intentionally to like lyrics and songs. Like I just feel like I'm not bludgeoning through space anymore. It's weird. Yeah. It's very unusual. Yeah. Also, I know you're talking about, like, seeing the scenery and stuff. I also know that it's not a cakewalk. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I was at 1.30 with a weighted pack on and boots in the snow yesterday. And, I mean, my running my running heart rate is usually 140. So it's doing something. 
Do you want to put that over here? I don't know. Annie has a popsicle that she doesn't know where to put it. Yeah, it's okay. Just, there you go. Thank you. Sorry, um, I just had to get the ice out of my sangria. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, yeah, I've been doing... Uh, Bullseye made me a gigantic bag of sand, I think I talked about in the last podcast. You should talk about it again. Talk it, about the sand. <laughs> Describe it. does it smell like also where did she get did she just have from her beach it's from her beach oh you've been to her beach i know that's very nice it's great i love (laughs) everything about amanda i can't get enough um i'm wearing a goodwill sweater that i made smell like an invisible boyfriend so sand from a beach sounds great we're really on a weird trip today uh it's in like a gigantic gallon ziploc bag and then it's duct taped and I've had to like uh, treat it like a like a home ec baby. If it rips open, I'm so fucked. Is it not double bag? Double bag it. Protect your baby. I know I'm gonna have to protect my baby because I'm gonna wake up filled with sand one day. <laughs> Aren't we all already yeah, filled a little with bit, sand? Just a little bit. <laughs> but it, yeah, that's my favorite thing right now. And when it snowed a shitload yesterday. I took the dogs out, took them back, went back out, and then I've got this little bioreserve, no, like a little nature preserve near my house. It's maybe, maybe a square mile. Maybe. And so I just run through it, like not on trail at all. And I definitely like almost biffed so like fantastically a hundred times. Mom, what's wrong with that lady? (laughs) Oh, that's Lauren. She's lost. She's lost in a square mile of wood next to <laughs> 71 North. But yeah, that was a that was satisfying for me. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, so I've been doing a ton of stair mill and indoor bike. You've been doing a ton of weighted pack stuff. Uh-huh. Amanda has been doing what's the latest thing that she's been doing? Weight. A lot of indoor bike and it, yeah, actual bike trainer and weighted pack. Uh-huh. Calm Toys is doing her well-rounded thing like she always is. Oh, yeah. And she's been doing spin class, too, which is, like, the hardest fucking thing ever. I feel like I lose 12 pounds every time I do a spin class. <laughs> yeah. lot. This is this is the most time I've sent, spent in a bike seat, probably. Oh, me too, easily. Because I'm doing a minimum of an hour every morning. This is the most I've done in a long time. Yeah, because I think even when I was doing long efforts it was like twice a week which is just you know if you're doing it more times yeah regularly Mm -hmm. yeah plus i just i really want my ass to not hurt during the race and like that's what i'm working i'm noticing i'm working through right now is just getting my sit bones used to being in a bike seat again my ymca bike is too cushy to ever hurt me i can sit on it for two full hours and nothing happens Mm -hmm. It makes me wonder if I should just buy a really dumb, cushy bike seat. I don't know. Because like, the I sport ones, bikes. the sport ones have never served me. I know. So it makes me wonder, like, should I just get an old lady bike seat and look hysterical? I, I don't know. If it would save my butt for two hundred ninety yeah. miles of biking. Well, I mean, remember we're taking a pad for you to be in the pack mm-hmm, raft, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. actually we talked about. Do you need a pad in the pack raft because it's inflatable? That might be. Yeah, that might be different because I think that the seat is inflatable. However, I'm con- slightly concerned because the kind that we that we rented only has one inflatable seat. Did you see that? No. Mm. So we'll have to take care of that. Yeah. Because it'll be a lot of pack rafting. <sighs> I really hate boating. You know what, though? I think in the grand scheme of boating, pack rafts in water that actually is deep yeah. enough to go on might be my favorite because it feels like a pool floaty. I There's hope a that's pool true. floaty vibe. There's nothing pool floaty about 90 miles in a boat. <laughs> Maybe we'll use that time to sleep. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, actually. Yeah, like Lewis and Clark. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write poetry and stand guard. <laughs> you sleep. <laughs> Little ink pen. Mm. Fuck Lewis and Clark and they're settling. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for saying so. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Other fire in the belly stuff. I just, mm, it just feels so, it just feels good. I just, mm. it's amazing that the light bulb just turned on for you. I'm very excited. It was for off you. for a very long time. I know. Since before COVID. You had a lot pretty of. pretty strongly about that. Wow. So three years since the fire has been in the belly. I think so. I've been fire at the surface some over the last year, but like hmm. fire in my belly. 
I guess I did two BFCs during COVID. Yeah. So I've kept it yeah. pretty hard. I think fire is in your bones. I don't think you ever lose your fire. Oh, wow. That's a very oh. nice thing to hear. Thank you. I don't think you're right, but I'm going to put that in my pocket. I think it is as long as you don't have clinical depression. Oh, yeah. Big ups to my main man, Savior, Vitamin D. <laughs> <laughs> Legit, though, uh, I almost died because vitamin D. That's fucked. Fuck you, Ohio. You're the worst. Why are you trying to kill us all? I just set my glass of wine down for only the second time of this episode. <laughs> I feel That's got vitamins. It's got vitamins. It does. It's sangria. It's just chock full of vitamins. And judging by the taste, it's cranberry and honey. And cranberry is good for your urinary tract. So... <laughs> Feeling good. Feeling clean. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Antioxidants. Mm. So clearly we're fueling like pros because we're taking this very seriously. Very seriously. Although I should say, uh, Man- yeah. Amanda Bullseye Bully is Bullseye is giving up beer until Expedition Ozarks, which to me... It's like cutting off her right arm. I know. I, I don't understand it. And I fully support it, but I feel like it's if, as if I gave up caffeine, which I will not do. I mean, you have in the past. I have in the past. You went vegan and gave up caffeine for one huge race. Yeah. You were not that fun. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Caffeine is actually a quarter of my personality. <laughs> God, maybe same. I don't know. I keep trying to wean myself off of it, and then I keep getting migraines. Yeah. I mean, I think that's coming off caffeine. Although... Andy uh, did me a solid when I was weaning off caffeine. I don't know if you remember the story. Mm-hmm. My 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 all-knowing ex-husband weaned me off of caffeine without me knowing. He served me decaf. No. Yes. He served me decaf for like a week and was like continually checking in on my performance and how I was feeling without... Because he was like, I was worried that I messed you up. Wizard. But he's, he just weaned me off of caffeine or caffeinated coffee without me knowing, which just, it's like, so is caffeine withdrawal psychosomatic? Oh, wow. That really messes with my head because I didn't have any, I didn't have any problem giving it up in that format when I didn't know. Oof. Thank you, Andy. Wow. Thank you, Andy. That's incredible. (laughs) I've been doing Monday through Friday. I drink my mushroom tea on the weekends during this. You have the same thing for breakfast for 15 years, so I don't feel weird about this. On the weekdays, I have oats, and mushroom tea. And on the weekends, I get a whole pot of coffee and a stack of chocolate plant-powered yeah, flapjacks. Wow. Dope. Flapjacks, whole pot of coffee. That's how I give myself goodies. Because of how I've been living my life, I would just do a stack of pancakes and a whole pot of coffee every day. <laughs> I mean, I've been so hungry. I'm eating like... <laughs> Just as snacks, I'm eating whole burritos. Yeah. <laughs> Burrito snacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have been. I mean, they're healthy, but like... Don't they're... don't fucking qualify I'm not, your shit. I'm not qualifying it. Like, they're filled with wholesome goods. I ate half a bag of peanut butter M&Ms before bed the other night, and it mm. felt right, and I woke up hungry still. Mm. Yeah, I've got to realize now that I can't eat popcorn as a snack anymore. It's not enough. It's not even close. I can't... Like, when I was just... I mean, the, I think the last six months I've been averaging maybe 100 miles a month, and I don't have to feel myself that much, and now I've literally doubled my exercise, and I just can't eat popcorn. I need it to be covered in peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <gasps> okay. Yeah, there you go. I can work with that. Yeah. Back when I was a young, um, useless hippie, we used to buy and sell these things at festivals called ganja goo balls. <laughs> Which are like popcorn and candy rolled in like ganja butter. They were so good. I'm going to ask an old lady question for everyone to hear. Mm-hmm. When you say ganja butter, do you mean weed butter? Oh, baby cakes. Yes, yes I do. Okay. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> How did they get a license for that? <laughs> well, they went down to the bureau <laughs> and they filed. Don't worry, everybody picking my wine glass back up. <laughs> oh yes those days when all i ate was like hot fries and weed (laughs) i was such a trash human yeah we're much better now oh definitely much better now 
Cheers. Cheers. Ting. Ting. <laughs> I want to just talk about things I'm excited about for the race. Yeah, do it. Uh, the time of year is going to be dope. Like the race Q and A, they were saying that the dogwoods and the red buds will be out, but oh. like the greenery won't all be grown yet because it's early spring. Oh, good. So okay, so we'll be able to see through the woods to mm-hmm. see checkpoints, which is fantastic. But it'll still have like flowers and stuff, and they said they expect the waterways to be up and fast moving. That's which... a big relief. Although that scares me sometimes. As long as we don't we'll have the... to, we'll be in a pool floaty. It's fucking fine. Portage or yeah. Ford or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I would rather be in scarier oh. fast water than scraping our asses along the bottom of a river. Didn't someone say there's like class? It can be up to class three, but they <gasps> said that didn't seem likely. I did like class four when I was like 18 on a rafting trip. You'll be fine. Yeah, so did I. And I shat my pants. <laughs> so did I. Today. And? <laughs> <laughs> what of it? Maybe I did, but that's. that's Don't you worry that's about only that. for That's only for God to judge. <laughs> I'm a main man and savior of vitamin D. He's the only one who knows if I poop my pants. <laughs> well, I think we just created a my the newest episode that I will recommend first to new <laughs> listeners. This is not the one. This is not I don't it. know. I feel like this gives a flavor of us. We're training our tits off, drinking wine, pooping our pants. <laughs> I'm wearing a onesie right now, so <laughs> pooping my pants would be really, really uncomfortable. And again, I'm just going to reemphasize that I'm wearing a sweater I got at Goodwill and that just smells like me, and I'm pretending like it's my boyfriend's sweater. <laughs> my I love that you're willing to sweater. share that. Whatever. That's really great. Thank you. Thank you. I would, no. I would say thank you. I would say thank you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm scared to boat. I'm stoked to bike because I've seen the trails there and they're glorious. Every time I tell someone about where this race is, they give me some kind of guilt about participating in something having to do with Walmart. And I'm like, oh, shut up. Hmm. (laughs) Shut up. I mean, I guess Bentonville really wouldn't exist as it is as you see it today Mm -hmm. if it weren't for Walmart. Yeah. At least Bentonville. For sure. And the famous walrus brothers (laughs) brothers <laughs> the waltons the waltons yes. Mm-hmm. yes um who love mountain biking and created this whole culture there i'm also excited for and i'm surprised by this the race director q a they were talking about there being a lot of hills and i just i don't expect- i don't remember them but we're also the entire race is not encapsulated within Bentonville, so sure, 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 that. sure, sure. Yes, a lot of hills, but like, I feel like that could mean anything because we've been on like three and a half miles, no, eight mile climbs. Yeah, like Shenandoah, we had like an eight mile dirt road baby head climb. Yeah, that almost broke all of us. Yeah, I just feel like you can't scare me and i cried so much during that race i don't remember i've deleted that that was the first like adventure race post-covid and i had all my post-covid feelings remember i was saying like i was sharing a lot about my insecurity and like just like i'm having a hard time and i wasn't sharing anything and at the time i was very deep deep into eating disorder place Mm. and i think i was feeling angry that no one noticed that i had starved myself for like a year? Oh, baby, I don't know if we want to do this on the recording. I noticed. Oh, you did? Oh. Huh, you just didn't say it because you didn't want to encourage it? No, they've heard all of my worst things. Yeah. If they can hear about my depression, they can hear about my eating disorder. And yeah. I always rather that people feel like they can come to me when it comes to painful things like depression, eating disorders, and other mental illness. Like, yeah. I am here for you. I'm in a good place right now. Yeah. So if you feel like you need to reach out to someone, I am that someone. And I, I mean, I've really been through a ton of ups and downs and it's like alcoholism for me. You know, it's going to be a lifelong struggle. It doesn't go away. I don't ever heal from it. Yeah. And to be clear, I wasn't saying, do you want to talk about your eating disorder on the podcast? I meant my response to you. Oh, that you didn't say anything. Yeah. And you didn't say something because you didn't want to encourage it or acknowledge it. Yeah, more like a, more like a not having that be part of our 
are are things that were like touch points for us like in a way like um like i think about i feel like just by acknowledging it i was giving validity to it or weight to it in some way like there was like it felt like if if this becomes a a thing then that that's giving even if i'm just acknowledging the existence of it it gives some power to it yes yeah, like uh voldemort like, <laughs> i was gonna say like the ghosts in mario yes <laughs> both like if you look at it it stops moving and if you run from it it chases you <laughs> yes exactly that <laughs> i mean that's a, i mean i feel like the mario ghost is a really good metaphor for shame mm-hmm. yeah if you stop and turn around, it stops moving if you confront it. But if you run from it, it chases you faster. Yeah. Oh, this has been Mario wisdom. Oh, Mario wisdom. If you don't do your homework, you can't have your Mario cut. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I wasn't sharing anything about myself then. I know. But consider like, I feel like more often than not, people feel like the things that they're keeping to themselves are not visible to others, and uh-huh. they always are. Whether it's feelings, That's the opposite of trash bagging. Behaviors, <laughs> yeah, it is the opposite of trash bagging. Like, I was startled when I saw you. Really? Oh wow! Huh? Yeah, the light had gone out in my eyes, and my I, my chest bones were sticking out. I felt, and I felt like super strong and in control. And in retrospect, I'm like, dear Jesus. And it makes me think about, like, I remember you telling me a story about your mom acknowledging how you looked maybe in your bike kit at one point. Oh, yeah. When I was 30 years old, she came to my first race ever, and she had not seen me in race condition. And I had been training a lot. And I was young, and so my body was pretty snappable. (laughs) And she saw me in my first race kit ever. And she came and touched my waist and, like, grabbed my waist and was like, look at you, so skinny and lean. And, I, like, that was like a an, like a brand, like a fire brand on my skin that I, I was just like, I keep this. And then I, I was just always running away from, like, the idea that she would notice that I had gained weight. And that's why I didn't say anything uh-huh. about seeing you. That makes sense to me now. Yeah, because I probably would have worn it as a firebrand. I can't, I mean, I have only one memory of a person acknowledging that I looked the way that I did, and it was at a cocktail party. And it was bad reinforcement because they were super big-time athletes that were um, doing competitive weightlifting. And they're like, wow, you're doing really good. You must be like, you're like the leanest I've ever seen you. And I was like, firebrand that one's staying with me mm-hmm. to like have something to hold on to and, and that's the funny thing about eating disorders is that like i i use them to feel like i'm in control and i'm actually the least in control i could possibly be mm-hmm. because i'm not listening to my body and that's out of control yeah. starving yourself is not being in control it's being out of control but like that's why i use it i use it because i you know people who have eating disorders generally frequently have like a trauma and they want to feel like they can control their lives their environment their body Mm -hmm. and that's what i was i was using that as a coping skill and now that i have like the ground underneath me and you know have regulated with like seeing doctors like i'm not just saying you can think yourself into feeling better i've had counseling i've had medication i've had assessments of every kind blood draws everything and uh now that i have my the ground underneath me i feel like the way I feel in control is like making my body feel good by exercising it and filling it up. Like it's, it's really a relief. I, I can't, I'm not telling you like I'm in a perfect place cause I'm totally not, but man, uh, training, walking training is really good for eating disorder for me mm. because I don't feel like I'm punishing myself. Yeah. And I get addicted to the running because the running feels like self-flagellatory. Mm-hmm. So walking just feels enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, if I'm not using it to punish myself, what am I doing with it? It just feels nice. It just feels nice. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's a relief. I like it a lot. Also, just like slow and low training for a long effort is like really serving my brain right now because I don't have to do anything fast. Like I don't feel like I have to peel the skin off to walk for six hours. Yeah. It feels like a, like a gift. Yeah. We don't have to 
we don't have to quickly scrape off our skin. We can gently rub it away. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> rub it down to the bone. Yeah, but slowly and with lo- like a nice exfoliating lotion. That's right. That's right. I wore a sports bra that had a snap at like the top of the like bikini points. I don't know. Wait, how, hold on. Like here. A snap? Oh, like consider like um like how it would be if you were wearing a nursing bra. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. like, like that. The snaps are just in a funny place because it's a super fancy, like, you can basically exit this bra from any angle. Okay. It's a very fancy. I'm very confused, but okay. It, it's got like a zipper front. It's a Tracksmith ba- nursing bra? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a big secret bra that you can, like, get out of from any angle, okay. which I like as an ADHD person okay, cool. who sometimes needs clothes to be off me. Got it. But I did an effort with this thing on, and I was like... Boy, I really better start eating more because my bones are scraping my pack. And I was like reaching into my shirt. I was like, not, not my bones. <laughs> Pla- plastic. <laughs> I don't need to accelerate the rubbing down of my bones with plastic. <laughs> I'll show you this bra. It'll make more sense when you see it. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it won't. I have several bras that you can like fast escape from from any way. I've, I have... You know, when you have, like, kids, there's a point where all of a sudden everything in their wardrobe needs to be replaced yeah. because either everything, like, burns out at the same time or they grow some exponential amount. I've somehow managed to have nothing but, like, really worn out elastic sports bras, and I just have, like, dumpy boob sports bras. <laughs> That's all you have left. And, and one bra that essentially, like... Makes them go away because it's so tight. That's it. That's all I have is like dumpy, worn out Kroger sports bras. That's all I ever want to wear. I have a bunch of fancy ones and I want the dumpy, burned out one. (laughs) Seriously. The fanciest one I have I'm wearing right now. It's Tracksmith. But it's like. It's the Tracksmith nursing bra. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This season. Also, I like that you're going to try and pull your shirt up to show me because you're wearing a onesie. <laughs> it didn't work out. There's nothing to pull up. But yeah, it's just that fabric, like the Nike Pro oh, fabric, yeah. where it's like running pants. I don't know how it expects to hold your boobies. Yeah, no. This is not the answer. No. I essentially want I essentially want to train in like boob tape. Which yeah. is essentially K-tape. Like, Oh, yeah. If I could K-tape my boobies down, that would feel so satisfying. Boobs. Boobies. <laughs> you know, the ASMR boobies episode. Boobies. That goes out to Abby. <laughs> Bubes. Bubes. <laughs> Sorry, and you're welcome. <laughs> This is great. I'm having a nice time. We got deep. I'm not sorry about it. In the past, I always feel shaky about sharing it in the end. It's always the Mm -hmm. right thing to do. It's Mm -hmm. it's never not. The only time that it makes me feel uncomfortable is when people know super weird, specific niche things about me. Because you shared super weird, Because I shy. No. I I know. I shy. I shy. I know. I know. I shy. Uh, like yeah when i'm racing and someone's like you're the one who gets the weird laughing fits and i'm like oh, why do you know that stay out of my room it's <laughs> yeah. funny i don't know that i've had that experience i don't know if it's because i'm not sharing as much no because... that's because people tell me about what they know about you Ooh, yeah, okay they, cool or, yeah no people know about well you also just share a lot less that's your mode but i don't know but maybe that used to be my mode but now i feel like everything's fair game really feel like it you haven't fully you haven't fully gone into that I okay think you have in your mind but not on the podcast yeah you're probably right and i also have this habit of if i tell you something then everyone knows somehow mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. when i make decisions in my brain i just expect that information to disseminate without me doing anything. okay that is my number one toxic flaw in relationships oh is that when i change my mind about something i assume that everyone has already received the message from the big oh, giant yeah. head in the sky yeah and i'm like i don't even like purple anymore like assholes yeah why did you th- why, why would you, you think why that? would you think that yeah like, yeah i always i get these great paradigm shifts in my manner of thinking yeah. and then i just assume that everyone near me has osmotically uh, received I know. the message and i'm trying to get better at identifying when that happens like when i told you a month or two ago i was like hey 
I'm going to do another attempt at the Sheltwee Trail FKT. I can feel that it's coming. I'm letting you know now oh my God. that it's been decided now because otherwise in a year or whatever from now, I'll be like, hey, I'm doing it again. And you'll be like, where the fuck did that come from? I'll be like, oh, I decided this like a year ago. No, 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 no. That is very good to know. And I, I don't know. I'm sure there are things changing with me now that I have failed to report. I I actually know why. Well. This is helpful for me to identify. I don't just think it's the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that I decide things in my brain and then I don't share them more broadly in case they don't come true. Dax Shepard said on an episode of Armchair Expert, and it just fucking devastated me mm-hmm. and it resonates with me really hard. Mm-hmm. He said, I don't want people to catch me believing in myself. That really hits me so deeply. So I think sometimes that's why I don't share things, especially when it comes to like goals, ideas I have about myself, Uh stuff like that, because I'm like, what if I can't do it? Oh, this is where we differ. I have just reckless confidence. I I know. (laughs) Uh, And you have reckless confidence and you have no fear of rejection. I have no fear of rejection. Yeah. That is something delightful that I can put in my pocket, but I can also see how my zigzaggy line can be very exhausting to the people who love me sometimes. Mm. What are you going to challenge? I was going to say... I'm going to challenge you, Faith. That's a perception that you have of yourself that it is exhausting. Mm. You have shared before Mm -mm. that you have a fear of being an exhausting person or being too much. Yeah, I still maintain that fear. That is a feeling you have about yourself, not one that has been established or validated by those around you that you want around. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. My my parents gave me f- some bad things, but the good things they gave me were, they were just like, you can do literally anything. Yeah. And the flip side of that is I feel like I'm more on the opposite end of that, where I feel like I need permission to do everything. Oh, man. I'm like, ah, last Thursday I went to coffee, started a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. I started building a birdhouse. Applied to six different things. They all said, no, it's fine. I applied to another one the next day. They said yes. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm like, would it be okay if I moved this picture in my living room? Oh, man. (laughs) That is what's going on in your head. (laughs) Yeah. I'm always on some tip. I'm always on a project. I just finished my chat book this morning. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I'm working on giving myself permission and working towards not needing permission at all, even from myself, which (laughs) sounds weird, but, like, I really think I have to consciously work towards not needing permission from anyone, including myself. Hmm. Wow. I I see you actively going towards, like, a growth point in Mm -hmm. this endeavor i really do because i don't i see a lot of trappings of guilt and um shame shame that you're like leaving behind Mm -hmm. yeah my therapist once clarified and i i really like this as an an aid or something to think about she said guilt is the feeling that you've done something wrong and shame is the feeling that there's something wrong with you Mm, that's a good distinction I think that maybe I pretty rarely feel real shame then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, I wouldn't say that she said, like, there's never any reason for shame, but, like, that was, it felt like a pretty strong distinction from her. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. That's really helpful. That's really helpful. I think that maybe my confidence feels a little bit like I'm singing really loud on a stage and I finish my song and I'm like, sorry if that bothered you (laughs) that's a good metaphor that's how it feels like i'm singing i have no problem with it and i like my song and i love it and it's fun and i'm sorry if it was really loud yeah oh god these stupid things that are both true (laughs) we just continue to hold these contradicting truths as truth and they are true they are true yeah uh just thinking of really good metaphors i have to share this uh metaphor analogy analogy yeah you you got a little juice baby you got it say the word analogy analogy (laughs) (laughs) an analogy um uh when thinking about training for expedition ozarks versus how it felt to train for nationals last year i said i kept feeling like i had just like a sense of dread training for 
up to nationals last year. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was only driven by worry about disappointing my teammates. And I continued to feel like, fuck, I need to be training more. It's too late. I don't want to do it. I need to be training more. It's too late. Yeah. I still need to do right, it. Like not opening the email. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and you made this perfect metaphor of saying like, yeah, it's like when you have an email mm-hmm. in your inbox that you need to reply to. And as the weeks pass, the, you still need to send it. It's just getting worse. Mm-hmm. It just gets later. It just gets harder to reply to it. And that's how I felt all the way, like leading up to nationals last year was just like, fuck, I've already missed the boat and I still need to do this thing. And to be relieved of that and to mm-hmm. feel like I'm being driven by my own motivation to train for something just rather than is guilt like, and shame. Just is really good. Good. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man, that snowball of worry. Yeah. That's how all my 20s went. That's why I like got myself into credit card debt and didn't look at mm. my bank accounts or yeah. didn't answer phone calls about new jobs. Yeah. I just let like the snowball of worry and shame get impossibly yeah. huge. I'm like how many conversations have we had about giving a lot of intention to having hard conversations now and easy mm. things later and like I feel like you and I work on that so hard and mm-hmm. yet I still found myself in that position last year of being like, fuck, I should have just like pulled up early and made that happen. And it didn't, you know, sometimes even with your best effort and your like most conscious intentions, you're not going to do the thing. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I feel like if I could tell, I mean, there are like four things I could, would love to tell my, myself in my Mm -hmm. Mm twenties. Oh, okay. Do them. All right. Do Uh, it. Yeah. One is, do not rely on your credit cards. <laughs> Good. I mean, that if someone could have just taught me that, like, I wish mm-hmm. I just didn't have credit cards in my 20s at yeah. all. Um, I would say, like, stop. Don't rely on others to, like, fulfill your self-esteem with, like, I don't know, making out with stupid people at bars and shit like that. That's not what serves you or makes you feel, like, hot or yeah. wonderful. Like, nothing yeah. about that makes you feel good. And uh, no one is as cool as they think they are, mm-hmm. or as you think they are, rather. Yes. No, no one. Literally no one. And uh, <laughs> what's that last one we were just talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's Hard good. conversations. Oh, yes. That's the one. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, is that I really wish I had had the bravery to yeah. have difficult conversations ahead of time so that things would be easier later but there's just no i had no foresight i was just a tornado with my eyes closed being like i'm not hurting anyone and i also don't care if i am yeah i think i would tell younger self uh no one knows what they're doing that's really important Mm -hmm. for me because Mm -hmm. i often feel like i don't know how to do a thing that everyone else knows how to do no one knows what they're doing. No, everybody's faking it. Yeah, no one knows what they're doing. Mm-mm. Even the best ones mm-hmm. are still like, shit, do I know this? Yeah, and that I don't need anyone's permission. And Ooh. yes, that it's easier. It is easier to have the hard conversation, and it's easier to be honest first. Yeah. And just, like, get your yuckies out. Yeah, boy. Boy. Oh, I think, like, a lot of my inability to do all of those things was based on insecurity. Yeah. When you're worried that people don't like you, you can't afford. You don't have the emotional Mm -hmm. currency to afford the level of scary honesty. Yeah. Because you don't want to risk anyone leaving you. Yeah. You know, though, that's interesting and it's kind of incongruent with what I know to be your personality type is, like, the insecurity of somebody potentially leaving you while also knowing that you're not Mm. scared of rejection Uh, that was in my 20s i was not who i am now Mm. Uh, people cheated on me a lot in my 20s and that just gave me this crazy fear and i've been reading this book about attachment that's really good called attached it's an amazing book um and it talks about how even secure attachment styles can be triggered into um like just feeling crazy uh by being like cheated on or lied to that it can like activate this unhealthy person that doesn't usually exist in you Mm. and i read like a case study that like really perfectly reflected my experience in my 20s which was like i had a secure attachment style i had pretty pretty great parents i had good early relationships i had good early romantic relationships and 
got cheated on several times and lied to several times. And then I just became a crazy person. Mm. I became jealous. I became suspicious. I followed boyfriends around in their cars. They were cheating on me in the end. Yeah. But like it turned me into a nut job. Yeah. And I, I had to grow back out of that. And I see people now that I love in their 20s and I'm like, woof. Like, don't waste your time on this. Yeah. Like, be with be with someone who doesn't trigger you into feeling like garbage. Yeah. But I would I would imagine that even if you and I would imagine that once somebody cheats on you, even if you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to dip, that impact is still there. It is. Yeah. You can't erase traumas. And that was one for me. Two of my my two long term boyfriends when I was in my 20s, who I loved very much, both cheated on me. Mm. Yeah, it was painful. And one of them was with his best friend of his whole life. Mm. And I don't know that that ever stopped. But yeah, that definitely messed me up. But I think when I got to my 30s, I had a lot of good relationships that made me feel secure and happy, like people that are still my friends now that I love, that like had a great impact on me and just made me feel seen and loved and totally whole. And now you have me. And now I have you. And Scotty. Scotty makes me feel perfectly whole. Yes, yes, your husband. He makes Love me feel Scotty. perfectly whole. He does. No, you're whole all by Oh, no, no, no. I, I don't mean it like that. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't feel triggered by him. <laughs> that I understand that. I understand That's what the I value mean. of like, that. He really doesn't, he doesn't trigger, like, a bad attachment style in me. Like, he makes me feel secure. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I hope that I make him feel the same way. I don't know what my attachment style is. I should go through that assessment because I really don't have an idea because I think some of it, I might have some, like, avoidant stuff where mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm working on letting people really close. Uh-huh. You're you're very close, but not everybody gets to come in there because yeah. I feel guarded against such things. I feel like you're pretty low-key on it, but I think you're probably right yeah. in a minor way, but I also see you, like, actively being like, no. Don't do not do that. Yeah, like guarding yourself against uh like deep and meaningful things because you're yes. like they probably don't like me. Yep. <laughs> I just had a conversation with my massage therapist who if you're looking for acupuncture, she's no longer taking new uh massage uh clients, but if you're looking for an acupuncturist, Stacy Kent is the tits in yeah. Columbus, Ohio. Anyways. Wait, she's taking massage clients or acupuncture? She's taking acupuncture clients. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, she was, I, I was telling her, kind of joking, but not really. I said, how does anybody get get on living a life well without eight to 16 hours of introspection every day? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's what I need to become the person that i see myself becoming is like reflection on like and not it's not self-flagellating at all it's just like how do i understand why i engage in these behaviors that i behave in Mm -hmm. and like what are the things that provide me fulfillment versus what things take away from my ability to be present in the now with the people that i care about yeah and i kind of want to be surrounded only by people who are willing to do that level of work lately yeah or who are like very invested in those types of conversations and people who react like i don't know what that is i'm like oh yeah it's not for me also like i i find um a per i feel like a person could be a real shit pile of a person but if they're working mm-hmm. towards if they're working towards self-actualization or identifying their behaviors or something that that's encouraging to mm-hmm. me. I think mm-hmm. it's when it seems like they're uh, an individual is in a place of stagnation that I get frustrated. It's the same reason, like, uh, I've had people ask me to be like their run coach before, and I'm like, I can't do that because if I want something for someone more than they want it for themselves, it drives me crazy. Mm. It drives me crazy. So, like, yeah, I, I don't mind somebody that's a fucking mess if they're working on sorting it out and they have enthusiasm about their life Mm. you might feel a little bit differently about that but i'm not sure you have a greater capacity for uh not that i don't know yeah i think i do and that's why birth bar phrasing is made of for women who are fully in their vaginal power 
<laughs> I was just by the watching way, those by, words. By the way, that sounded like almost like virginal power, yeah. vaginal power. Okay, I know. I had to like check, see if my headphones were on right. Because I was like, what am I having a stroke? Oh, oh, my eyes just got wider as that sentence continued. My, that's why Burf Barf Racing Team for Expedition Ozarks so. is for women with vaginas. <laughs> Uh oh, <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> okay, bye bye. <laughs> but yeah. no, four women fully in their power. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely factual. Yeah, oh, I love getting closer and closer to bullseye. It's just like my favorite thing. I I'll I'm not gonna. Well, I probably will tell her to her face because you'll make me do it. <laughs> but like, all feelings all the time. I know. But I feel like when I first met Amanda, I sort of felt like unworthy of Amanda's friendship because she seems like a perfect human being. And no one's a perfect human being. But she's really fucking close. <laughs> and I just felt like. No, she's not. She's a mess like all the rest. No, no one knows what they're doing. Uh, no one knows what they're except doing. Except for Amanda. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just felt like I'm I'm so weird. And broken and prickly. Mm-hmm. I just felt like I let the record show that I'm rolling my eyes at each one of yeah. these things. I mean, and this is funny. Like we were just talking about confidence, but it wasn't even like, oh, I feel sad. It just felt, I felt like it's a matter of fact that she would not want to be friends with me because I'm not her kind of person. Mm-hmm. And now that she's my friend, I'm like, precious. <laughs> You are worthy and deserving. Uh, I am. And worthiness is never my hang up. I just thought like, oh, I'm weird and she's like the cool kid in school and so we don't hang out. Hmm. That was really how I felt. And again, I don't know how to match those kind of feelings up with knowing that you don't no, no. fear rejection. I don't feel bad about it. It just feels oh, like a matter of fact. Like got it. we're in high school. I hang out with the flunkies, the ADH kids and the math three kids who go to the trailer and like <laughs> le- so legit went to the trailer. <laughs> Thank you so much for making me feel bad. Uh, and, like, I just don't hang out with football kids, you know? Mm. Not because I feel unworthy of them, because I am not like them in any way, and I hate Dave Matthews Band. Mm. And, like... But you love Dave Matthews Band, and you're a jock. Now I am. Yeah, now I'll never are. forget hanging out with Troy Allen for, like, two months, and he was like, Lauren Kraft, you're a jock. And I was like, I think that was an insult coming from, like, a punk. <laughs> <laughs> you are a jock. I actually just self-identified as a jock to someone... Within the last week. It's so hard for me to do because it's so entirely incongruent with my self-picture. And it's funny to me. I only know you as a jock. And to me, I'm just a grumpy teenager. You're a grump, but... With like a... <laughs> thank you. With like a big shitty flannel on, ripped jeans, a Kurt Cobain t-shirt, a guitar, and a skateboard who's like, no one understands me. No one ever will. Mm. I'm never going to move my body because... The only true value in this world is creating things with your mind. Oh. That's really... That makes me wonder what I feel like I actually am. I do feel like I'm a jock. Mm. You know, I still feel more like an artist than an athlete in my mind if I went to, Mm. like, really break it down to my soul Mm. and, like, my pillars of being. Also, I think that if I had to, like, pick... Ooh, it's really hard. No, I don't want to think about that. If you had to pick one. (laughs) Between, like being in my body and moving my body and experiencing art oh, and yeah. music, I think it would be really hard for me to choose. Sure. Yeah. You don't have to make that choice. You no. get to be both. Yeah. You get to be all the things. Yeah. But I still think that like, I mean, I feel like more like a writer than an athlete still. Huh. I think, I think I'm at my core, maybe a hard worker first and uh, yes. a jock second. Yes. And I think at my core, I'm a creative and then an athlete second. Yeah. 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 Like if I, like I still have urges to like do manual labor to show people, to show people how strong Mm. I am and how diligent I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you just fucking moved all the bikes to another wall of your living room. (laughs) Like no one, no one's worried about you. I know. But how do you know my value if I don't show you how to, how I split wood and carry logs? I mean, that fucking speaks to me. People who can chop wood well, it just gives me the biggest fucking boner. Yeah. I just love it. That's just really like, that's my... So send your wood cutting pictures to Burf Barf tag Burf Barf. Tag, tag, tag Burf Barf in your log cutting thirst traps. Oh God, that makes me think of poor Shiflet and losing his toe to the wood pile. 
R.A.P. Shiflet's toe. <laughs> Hi, Shiflet. I miss you. <laughs> I mean, you might still be really good at cutting wood, but you did lose a whole toe to that endeavor. Uh, Shiflet, if you could post a picture of your toes and tag Burma, oh, yeah. that would be great. Yep, yep, yep. Somebody's got birthday coming up. been a really good weird one so we started pretty lighthearted. talked about eating disorders what arouses us it's all good <laughs> <laughs> until next time we are burp burp burp. Burp.